Welcome to the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast. The opinions and ideas expressed on this show are solely those of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com and its guests. This is the very best of professional wrestling, both independent and mainstream. That's right, you already know what it is, and you already know where you've reached. This is the number one up-and-coming professional wrestling podcast anywhere in the world, New York, Tri-State area, and worldwide. This is the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly Podcast for the 20th episode. I'd like to say, what up, though? I'm your host, Sean H., and we are so happy to be with you once again as we continue the new fall season of the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly Podcast right here on HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and we also want to give a big shout out to the DailySmark.com. That's the Daily Smark with an S S M A R K.com for their contribution as they are now featuring the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast on their website as well. So that's another place, yet another place to check us out. Anywhere in the world, each and every Friday, 8 p.m., and on demand any time you like. But today, November 12, 2018, it's not a Friday, it's a Monday, and we are coming to you with a very special edition, uh, out-of-order edition, a surprise edition, if you will, of the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast, because I have a lot to say. I do not have a guest this week. I wanted it to be all my opinions and my outlook on one of the most controversial pay-per-views in the history of the business. And we're talking about Crown Jewel that took place on November 2nd. It's been about two weeks since that pay-per-view took place. And I just wanted to take my time and kind of gather my thoughts in conjunction with everything that took place at Evolution, WWE Evolution, a week earlier. And I definitely want to give you guys some insight and my thoughts on those two pay-per-views, specifically Crown Jewel that took place in Saudi Arabia on November 2nd. But before we get into all that, I want to make sure you know all my business owners out there for all your web development and web platforming needs, there's only one place to go, and that's Haskrea.com. They are revolutionizing, revolutionizing. That's a big word, y'all. Revolutionizing. That's how important it is. All business needs as it pertains to presenting yourself in the best possible way on the internet. So make sure you check them out. If you go to their website right now, that's hoskrea.com, you'll see a tremendous list in their portfolio of people and major companies, major, major companies they've worked with all over the world. So make sure you check them out. That's H-A-A-S-C-R-E-A.com, hoskrea.com, because we love tech. Yeah, man. So it is about an hour before Monday Night Raw on November 12th. We're all getting ready for the Survivor Series. It's Survivor Series week, as well as uh, War Games coming up this weekend on the WWE Network and on pay-per-view. Really excited about those two pay-per-views that are about to take place. Uh, I'm going to have MJ of Ringside Revolution with me this coming Friday, November 16th, to preview both War Games and 
Survivor Series. But uh, before we get to all that, I wanted to take the time to talk to you guys about November 2nd, 2018. The name of the pay-per-view was Crown Jewel. And I'll tell you something, guys. I am shocked. I am disappointed. I am baffled by what took place on that morning, I guess you can say, here in the United States, that evening over in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And uh, I'm really shocked about how and why WWE went about doing things the way they did it. I've been very complimentary over the years of WWE and their business acumen. I've been very complimentary of Vince and Stephanie and Shane and now, you know, obviously Triple H, uh, you know, being married into the family and he's done a tremendous job with NXT and WWE. Uh, you know, he's truly an icon and Vince is an icon and, and the McMahon family has done tremendous work in the world of professional wrestling. So I say this with, with all due respect, but listen, they're not going to like what I have to say because I think that what happened on November 2nd um, at Crown Jewel was one of the worst pay-per-views ever put on, not only as far as bad timing, not only as it pertains to the controversy, but also the matches themselves and the outcomes of the matches themselves. I've never seen such... Oh my goodness, such Bush League stuff um, from WWE in a long, long time. I, I mean, look, we all have been very hurt and humbled by the unfortunate news about Roman Reigns. God bless you, Roman Reigns. I, I pray that, you know, the Most High blesses you with a full recovery. Um, but we all booed Roman Reigns before, you know, we found out that he was sick. Um you know, we didn't like the booking for Roman Reigns, but, you know, we respected the man. And obviously now that he's gone, we miss him. You know, you never truly appreciate someone until they're off the scene. But we know that Roman Reigns is going to have a tremendous recovery and he'll be back. So God bless you. And we're looking forward to your return. Roman Reigns, God bless. But, um, you know, John Cena being off the scene, you know, we've all booed and continue to boo John Cena even when he comes back from time to time now that he is a full-fledged movie guy now, um, entertainment guy. Funny, he always made fun of The Rock for being a movie star, but now he's trying to be a movie star as well. Uh, kind of a B-list movie star. But you know what? I don't want to throw shade. He is doing very well. He's, he's elevating himself to a high level in the entertainment world. So all due respect to John Cena, but I guess it's just kind of funny how you know, a few years back in 2011, 2012, he made fun of The Rock for doing the same thing. But, you know, I digress. But Crown Jewel, uh, November 2nd, 2018. Uh, you know, a, a massive event as it pertained to the crowd that came out. Um, it was, you know, a good, you know, a good, I guess you could say, card on paper. Um but let's start with the, the elephant in the room. Let's acknowledge the elephant in the room, which is the controversy behind the event. Um, I'm not going to give you all the details of everything that took place because we all know it. I'm doing nothing but, you know, reiterating facts that you already know. But I want to make sure that I express my opinion about it. A lot of people were calling for Crown Jewel to be canceled. Um, I can understand why people thought it, it should be canceled. 
I, I totally understand the premise, the logic. I personally was was on the fence about it. I, I would have supported WWE if they canceled the event. And I would have, which I did, I would have watched the show if they didn't cancel the event. I guess the idea was that they were going to basically, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they were going to honor their commitment to putting on the show. Uh, they obviously have an agreement um, with, you know, the, the I guess the powers that be in Saudi Arabia. And that deal was done to put on the Crown Jewel pay-per-view as they did the Greatest Royal Rumble back in April. And, you know, they just wanted to continue with the show. Um, there were some who wanted to go, like Randy Orton, among others. And there were guys who and people who didn't want to go, like Daniel Bryan and John Cena. John Cena and Daniel Bryan were originally um, booked for this uh, show, Crown Jewel. And, you know, Daniel Bryan and John Cena decided they didn't want to go. So to the credit, I'll admit of WWE writers or whoever else was in charge of this particular thing, they were able to, you know, manipulate and change around the storyline regarding John Cena. John Cena got taken out of the World Cup tournament by Baron Corbin um, because, quote unquote, he never earned his spot. That was kind of the storyline way to get John Cena off the show. Insert Bobby Lashley. Uh, Daniel Bryan didn't want to go. So what they did was they put on the WWE title match on SmackDown. By the way, that was an awesome match on SmackDown on the Tuesday before Crown Jewel between he and the WWE champion AJ Styles. They had Samoa Joe attack AJ Styles after he successfully defended the title, uh, setting up Joe versus uh, AJ at the Crown Jewel pay-per-view and Daniel Bryan was not on the show. So they were able to, you know, maneuver themselves in a way that would allow John Cena and Daniel Bryan not to be on the show because they didn't want to go. Um, it was, um, like I said, I'm still torn about it. Um, on one hand, like I said, I understand why they would want to cancel. On the other hand, I understand why the show went on. Um, I am sensitive to the situation. I have done a lot of research on the situation and and what happened in Saudi Arabia that led to the controversy. And it's unfortunate that um, it's unfortunate that that took place. But WWE decided to put on the show regardless. Also, um, you know, women in relation to the Greatest Royal Rumble that took place in April. Um, you know, women were not included in this pay-per-view because of the culture over there in, in, in Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, so basically what they did was they had Evolution a week before which showcased the female talent as they should be showcased. And, but, you know, in a cool uh, addition, what I don't think anybody would have thought, um, Renee Young was on the commentary team at Crown Jewels. So, uh, I don't think, I know I didn't expect to see Renee Young considering the culture over there as far as the women and things like that um, not having a part of the show, but I guess it's different in commentary as it compared to being in the ring. So whatever the case may be, Renee Young is awesome at what she does, and I'm glad she was on the announced team with Michael Cole and, uh, and Corey Graves. You had uh, Byron Saxton doing some, doing his Sean Mooney 
me and Gene Oakland impersonation doing some backstage interviews as well. He did a good job. I'm actually a fan of Byron Saxton. Uh, I think he's he's good at what he does. Um, I also think that Renee is awesome, and I think Corey Graves is is a very charismatic and 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 good um, announcer as well. And obviously Michael Cole. Michael Cole, by the way, is a borderline Hall of Famer in my opinion. I think from what he's done since '97 till now, um, is worthy of Hall of Fame consideration. But let's get back to the pay per view. Um, wow, what a what a disappointment. Um, WWE really put a lot of eggs in a basket for this for this pay-per-view. Now we, we realize that um you know this is certainly not a WrestleMania event, you know, but when you go overseas you want to make sure you put on a good show and you want to make sure that you know you have something that the fans want to see. Um but I don't think you should pimp yourself out you know, theoretically or figuratively um, become a slut. Yes, I said it, a slut to pandering to talents that don't deserve, you know, the the outcomes that we saw at, at, at Crown Jewel. Um, you have to... Well, WWE is not necessarily known for this, but especially over the last few years, but you have to give the people what they want and you have to be realistic and understand that the fans are not dummies. The fans know what's garbage and what's not. And I think that um, WWE dropped the ball. Um, Let's just go down the line. First of all, like I said, with the controversy that took place, the real life controversy that took place, in Saudi Arabia uh, prior to the event that led to the controversy of whether or not the pay-per-view went on in the first place. Um, I believe that WWE, if they were going to decide to put the pay-per-view on, which they did, considering how controversial it was that the pay-per-view went on as scheduled in the first place, you should have wanted to put on a show that was beyond reproach, meaning you need to put on a show that doesn't leave a lot of room to be made fun of or to be questioned because you already had the controversy, the real life controversy that took place beforehand. So you want to make sure that the results of the matches and the matches themselves are going to be conducive to a success instead of not. Because at the end of the day, if you put yourself in a bad position like they did with the controversy in Saudi Arabia about whether or not they're going to put on a show, don't sit up here and you know doubly screw yourself over by having a stupid card with stupid outcomes. And I think that's exactly what happened. Let's start first and foremost with the premise of the best in the world. Wow. Um... What a stretch. I mean, first of all, eight Americans in the <laughs> eight Americans in a best in the world competition. I mean, my my, my God, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. How how stupid is that? Think about it. A best in the world competition, and you have guys on the roster from different countries. You have. Drew McIntyre, you know what I mean? You have Rusev, you have Shinsuke Nakamura, 
you have uh, guys that are from outside the country, born outside the country, uh, but you decide to put eight Americans, and again, with all due respect to um, to Rey Mysterio, one of the legends of WWE, I didn't want to misrepresent. He is uh, of Mexican descent, but he is born in America, raised in America, so he's an American as well. So eight Americans, eight Americans. In, in a tournament to decide the best in the world, but whatever. Um, oh, so with, with that being said, you know, you're talking about a best in the world tournament. You, let, let, let's just go down the line here. Bobby Lashley, um, you know, was defeated by Seth Rollins in the opening round. I think that was a good idea. I don't know how John Cena would have factored into this uh, situation. I don't know if Seth would have even faced John Cena in the first round. From what I'm hearing, uh, WWE, powers that be, writers, whatever the case may be, changed the bracket when John Cena was taken out, so I don't know. But um, nonetheless, Seth Rollins was victorious over Bobby Lashley. Kurt Angle, and what I thought was a little bit of a surprise, but I will say a pleasant surprise, was defeated by Dolph Ziggler, because I believe Dolph Ziggler is one of the best, one of the best wrestlers in the game today. Rey Mysterio was victorious over Randy Orton, but then he got smashed after the match, um, furthering Randy Orton's tremendous heel push as of late. He's really embracing this heel push since he uh, was beating up Jeff Hardy and things of that nature. And speaking of Jeff Hardy, he lost to The Miz in the first round uh, of the World Cup tournament to to move on to face Rey in the second round. So then you had an 11-minute and 10-second match between he and Rey Mysterio, in which The Miz was, I will say, to my surprise, victorious. Dolph Ziggler, victorious in his semifinal match against Seth Rollins in 13 minutes and 5 seconds, which sets up, I'd say, a pretty intriguing matchup between The Miz and Dolph Ziggler. Uh, We do remember from back in the day, I say back in the day, a couple years ago, when Ziggler and The Miz were fighting back and forth in some tremendous matches uh, for the Intercontinental Championship. So their chemistry in the ring was was pretty awesome. But um, before we talk about this ridiculous, this absolutely ridiculous final match outcome, let's talk about some other matches. On the pre-show, you had Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't know if there was a pre-show or not. I believe there was a pre-show. But in the first match of the evening, Before the official pay-per-view started, Shinsuke Nakamura successfully defended uh, the United States Championship against Rusev. By the way, like I said once again, Rusev could have easily been in the World Cup tournament. It would have added some diversity, as Shinsuke Nakamura could have been in the World Cup tournament, which would have added some diversity. Um, In addition to that, the bar who recently won the Tag Team Championships with the help of the Big Show. By the way, yet another... Heel face, heel face, heel face, heel face turn by the Big Show. Yawn. For God's sakes, Big Show. We appreciate everything you've done. We appreciate your accomplishments, but it's over. You keep reinventing yourself. You're not Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho reinvents himself, and he's able to pull it off. Big Show, they're just fledgling to try and find things for you to do. Now Now you're with the bar. You helped the bar win the titles on SmackDown. Okay, great, whatever. Uh, the bar, predictably so, retained the title at Crown Jewel after winning the title the previous week uh, on on SmackDown 1000, I believe, two weeks earlier, I should say. 
So the New Day was unsuccessful unsuccessful in their uh, attempt to gain uh, regain the um, SmackDown Tag Team Championship. So the Bar remains the Tag Team Champions. And then, okay, we'll get to the to the World Title match, or I should say, the WWE and Universal Title matches. Uh, right after we talk about now, we'll get into the ridiculousness that was the quote-unquote, best-in-the-world World Cup final. So, oh, my goodness. Um, I'm so pissed off. Like, as a fan, as a journalist, I'm so pissed off. Dolph Ziggler and The Miz are two of the best right now. Um, they're, they're, The Miz is ultra-charismatic, ultra-talented. Uh, I've said for years that Dolph Ziggler deserves to be pushed to the main event scene. He has been a world champion. He was awarded a world title on SmackDown. Um, he was, he won money in the bank and cashed in the night after WrestleMania 29 on Raw. But um, he's never really had that big time push that really put him to the forefront of the WWE. Uh, I thought that time was going to be Survivor Series. I want to say 2014 when he was a sole survivor in the match between Team Cena and Team Authority. Dolph Ziggler was surprisingly the um, the sole survivor of that match with the help of Sting. That was an awesome night. I thought that that would propel Dolph Ziggler to new heights, but unfortunately that was not the case. So I say all that to say that I don't have a problem with Dolph Ziggler and The Miz being in the finals of the World Cup tournament, even though, once again... The World Cup premise and the best in the world premise is ridiculous when you have eight Americans in the World Cup tournament. But whatever. Dolph and The Miz are good, so I have no problem with them being in the final. So, Miz injures his ankle. You know, kayfabe. Injures his ankle before the match gets started, right? Okay, awesome. Um, Whatever. He injures his ankle before the match. He's unable to participate. Shane McMahon, representing SmackDown, and Baron Corbin, representing Raw, are in the front row of the crowd, or the front row, the announced position, let's say, okay? So they're observing what's going to happen, and and I'm not going to stretch this along. We all know what happened. Um, That's why I was saying to you guys earlier, I know it's November 12th, and this pay-per-view took place 10 days ago, but I had to really take my time before I did this show because I wanted to really gather my thoughts about this show because it was so ridiculous and, and such a ass-backwards uh, production that I had to take my time and gather my thoughts before I talked to you guys about it. But Dolph Ziggler um, is waiting in the ring. Miz hurts his ankle on the outside. He's unable to continue. And Shane McMahon. <laughs> now, let, let me let me let me say this first. I'm a fan of Shane McMahon. I, I was a fan of him uh during the original, you know, corporation um storyline when he came on the scene. We all know that Shane kind of got his start working with his dad. Uh, he was a referee. He helped set up the ring. Shane McMahon really paid his dues, so I respect Shane McMahon. Another Gatorade break. Um, so I have no problem with Shane, you know, 
in any way, shape, or form. I was a fan of him when he was a European champion, battling back and forth with X-Pac in 99. Um, I was a fan of him being, the, you know, the giant killer uh, in 2000, 2001. His battles with Kurt Angle at King of the Ring. Um, he was great. Shane's continued to be great. out, And, I was, and fast forward to 2000 and uh, in 16, his surprise return on Raw, which led to him facing The Undertaker at uh, WrestleMania. Um, I'm a fan. I think Shane is one of the best, I guess you could say, best non-wrestler wrestlers of all time, if that makes any sense. Um, but, and, and, mo- and most definitely one of the most charismatic names and, and, and people in the game, period. So Shane, I say all this, Shane is awesome, but Shane McMahon, <laughs> in, a, in a tournament that's already with, has a, uh, that already has a lot of, I guess you could say factors that, 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 that compromise its validity. You now insert yourself in a match, a, a tournament final match against Dolph Ziggler, taking the place of the Miz who quote unquote can't continue. Um, and in two minutes and 29 seconds, Shane McMahon wins the best in the world World Cup tournament and is hoisting the trophy like it's the by God Stanley Cup or the World Series trophy or the Vince Lombardi trophy. He's he's walking around with that World Cup, running around like he actually did something. Now look. The coast to coast through, you know, coast to coast move that he does off the top rope, whether it's straight feet to face or whether it's, you know, using a garbage can, whatever the situation calls for. That move is awesome. Shane is awesome for the coast to coast. But Shane McMahon, best in the world. I mean, do you not understand WWE powers that be? Vince McMahon. Triple H, Stephanie, Shane, whoever's making the decisions over there, do you not understand how stupid it is for you to have a non-wrestler, someone who you have on screen as the commissioner of SmackDown, defeat a wrestler, a bona fide Real wrestler, somebody who went to Kent State, somebody who's a legitimate NCAA wrestler, a former Intercontinental Champion, a former World Champion, a, a, a former Tag Champion. You you defeat Dolph Ziggler? Clean? Clean! You defeat Dolph Ziggler clean in a match, and Shane McMahon, Shane McMahon is now considered the, quote, best in the world. Now we all know we've all read the stories. This is supposed to lead potentially to a Shane McMahon heel turn, um, whatever, whatever. I think as we watch SmackDown the following week, I didn't really see a heel turn. I think the fans were expecting a heel turn because they were booing him. But then Shane McMahon said in a very humble way, he said, "I'm not really the best in the world. I just stepped in there to save." The World Cup for SmackDown. Yeah, okay, whatever. But the point the point is, you had a best in the world tournament. 
and you had a non-wrestler win the tournament, only wrestled one match, never went through the entire tournament, and, and gave him a trophy, and it's the most ridiculous crap. The re- most ridiculous bullcrap I have ever seen. I'm going on the record. As a man in my early 30s, I've been a wrestling fan for over 20 years. I have never, ever seen such bullcrap. That was hot garbage. And WWE and whoever made the decisions as it pertains to Shane McMahon winning the World Cup. Claiming to be the best in the world. Should be slapped in the face. Should be fired. Should I, I, I'm, I'm so disgusted with WWE's attempts to make us believe things that are just completely unbelievable. I mean, we all, like I said before, we all booed Roman Reigns. But we knew Roman Reigns was a badass. We knew Roman Reigns was an ass-kicking machine. We just didn't like him because we felt he was being forced down our throats. Okay, that's different. We know John Cena's good. John Cena may only have five moves of doom, now six moves of doom, whatever the case may be. But John Cena is one of the best ever. I wouldn't put him in my top ten, but he's top 20 all time. So, we get it. But you have Shane McMahon win a best in the world tournament. WWE, you should be ashamed of yourselves. This pay-per-view made me sick. And if that were it, it would have made me sick. But we all know there was a lot more. A lot more. Let's go back to the very beginning of the show. Hulk Hogan, a man who I grew up a huge fan of. Um, I'd be a liar if I didn't tell you I haven't ripped t-shirts off of myself. If I haven't put my hand up to my ear. If I haven't posed in my mirror. I'd be a liar. I have been a big-time Hulkamaniac. Hulk Hogan and what he said, and me being a black man, okay? I'm not going to get up here on this show, on my soapbox, and, and start preaching to you guys, okay? But look, I'm sure you guys can understand how I would feel about what Hogan said, considering the fact that I'm a black man, all right? I don't like it. I was very disappointed. Um, I didn't feel like he should be kicked out of the Hall of Fame. But I had no problem with WWE cutting ties with Hulk Hogan because Hulk Hogan was out of line for saying what he said. I respect Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan is still a legend, okay? Hulk Hogan is still probably uh, top three to ever do it, okay? But he was wrong. Now, it's controversial whether or not, you know, it's debatable whether or not he should be brought back. I personally don't have a problem with him coming back, but he shouldn't be the host of a pay-per-view. I I think Hogan, if Hogan wants to be an ambassador, if Hogan wants to, you know, help out backstage, that's one thing. Um, I don't think Hulk Hogan is a horrible person. I think Hogan made a mistake, but I think it was a mistake that warrants enough where he would no longer be a part of the show. Um, I think it was very smart. I will give WWE credit for this. I think it was very smart for Hulk Hogan to make his re-debut um, overseas. Um, you know, I still don't know what kind of response he would get in the United States. 
But WWE was smart in making Hogan come out for the first time since his reinstatement um, in Saudi Arabia or, or somewhere overseas because that would be a situation that um, for nostalgic purposes and for them to hope that Hogan would get the cheers and things like that, uh, you know, worked out well. I don't know how that would play in Chicago. I don't know how that would play in New York City, where I'm from. I don't know how that would play in Los Angeles, California. I don't know how that would play in Florida. I don't know how that would play in, in, in Houston, Texas. I don't know how that would play in, in Minnesota or, or Jersey or, 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 you know, wherever. You know, I don't, Des Moines, Iowa, I don't, I, anywhere. I don't know how that would play in the United States. So they were smart in doing it overseas. But Hogan being the host, eh. Hogan being reinstated into the Hall of Fame, Hogan being reinstated into the WWE family, I'm cool with it because he's a legend, but and everybody makes mistakes, but what he said to me would warrant him no longer being a part of the television show, at least on camera, because, you know, it was offensive. But that's just my opinion. I actually do respect Hulk Hogan. I just I don't respect what he said. He has apologized for it. I, as a black man, accept his apology. But, you know, sometimes you make mistakes. I can accept your apology, but, you know, it'll never be the same. I'm not going to ever cheer Hogan the way I cheered him before. It's just, it's different now. But, you know, um, as a God-fearing man, I'm taught to forgive, and I do forgive. But it's going to be very hard to forget, you know, some of the comments he made. But that's my stance on that. So you add the Hogan factor to the original controversy that took place in Saudi Arabia in real life. Uh, that led to the uh, debate on whether or not the pay-per-view should go on in the first place. You add to it that Shane McMahon, a non-wrestler, wins a quote-unquote best-in-the-world tournament when there was no diversity in the tournament anyway because there were eight Americans in the tournament. Uh, and then, on top of that, you have... AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, which was, in my opinion, the only watchable match of the night. I thought that um, Ziggler and Rollins was really good as well, so I take that back. I got to I gotta take that back immediately. AJ and Samoa was not the only... AJ and Joe was not the only watchable match of the night. I take that back. Dolph and Seth was also a good match. I think Dolph and Kurt Angle was a good match, so I think that's fine. So the in-ring stuff was pretty good. Um, the outcomes were pretty bad. Um, AJ and Joe... Did what they always do. When I say they always do, meaning they've wrestled about four or five times. So them, you know, wrestling and the predictable outcome of AJ retaining the title did not bother me. Um, I thought they did good work. So AJ still a WWE champion. Um, Brock and, and Braun Strowman. Um, I'm going to talk about Roman Reigns a little bit more and then we'll move on. Um, myself and Zildjian65 uh, actually did a Roman Reigns, uh, you know, career retrospective. Make sure you check that out in the archives right here on HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com as well as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Um, and also the DailySmart.com as well. As of right now, we're now featured on that website as well. So make sure you check out uh, myself. And my guest, Zildjian65, as we review the career of Roman Reigns up until, I believe it was uh, SummerSlam of this past year. Um, Roman Reigns is awesome. You know, Roman Reigns, I booed Roman Reigns, but I knew Roman Reigns was a badass, like I said earlier. 
and it's really sad. And we and like I said at the beginning of the show, I really pray for Roman and his family um, that they may have the strength to continue to fight. And you know, I believe that he will be healed um, by the grace of God, and he'll be back. So um, that's that. But with Roman Reigns out of the picture now, the Universal Title is vacant, and Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman were going to face each other for the Universal title. Um, I think the outcome was fairly predictable before the match, that is. I think anybody you asked, considering Brock Lesnar's history and not showing up and things of that nature. Another Gatorade break, excuse me. um, Thought that Braun was going to win. I think that was the overall consensus. Um, I thought Brock, uh, Braun, Braun Strowman was going to win. Um, I thought that Braun would, would come away as champion strictly because Brock Lesnar's preparing for UFC and Daniel Cormier, strictly because I didn't think WWE wanted to go down the road of having a champion that was not on the show regularly. I think that, I thought that they, um, learned from their mistake. Obviously I gave WWE too much credit. So, the match is about to start. For some reason, Baron Corbin, who, by the way, Baron Corbin as an authority figure is so stupid. I don't like him. And it's not that I don't like him as in, like, I don't like his character. Because, technically, if you get heat for your character, that means you're doing good work. But that's not what I'm talking about. I don't think Baron Corbin is good at what he does. So, that's just my personal opinion. Um... But Baron Corbin is doing what the referee usually does, which is showing the belt to the crowd, showing the belt to the two competitors. Then as he's walking away, he doubles back and he slams uh, the belt into the head from behind of Braun Strowman, leading to, I'm not going to go through all the details, but leading through basically all the whole match was, which was five F5s by um, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is once again Universal Champion. Let me, let me tell you something, guys. As you will hear in the month of December when I have a very in-depth career analysis of Brock Lesnar, uh, I believe that's going to be December 14th with my special guest, uh, Taylor Marie. Look out for that show as well on HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com. I'm I'm a believer that Brock Lesnar is necessary for the WWE. I think Brock Lesnar is is a talented individual. I think Brock Lesnar is um, awesome in the ring as it pertains to the couple of moves he does. Because, honestly, you want to talk about five moves of doom with John Cena. I mean, Lesnar may have about six, but it's not much more than that. Uh, He probably has less, honestly. He has the Germans. He has regular suplexes. He has uh, the F5. And then he has, like... Punching you and elbowing you in the head. So I don't, I, you know, Lesnar doesn't do that much in the ring. He's not, he doesn't have that much variety. But he is talented. And more importantly than that, he is an attraction. So WWE needs Brock Lesnar. I have no problem with Brock Lesnar being a guy that shows up four times a year um, to face somebody at a pay-per-view. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But I do have a problem with Monday Night Raw's world champion, a.k.a. the Universal Champion, not being on the show. And that's exactly what we have going for ourselves once again. Now, I don't know what's going to happen now. I mean, we know that 
Um, AJ Styles, the WWE champion, is going to face the Universal Champion Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series this Sunday. Um, in a non-title match, honestly, I'm going to have a conversation with MJ of uh, uh, Ringside Revolution about this this coming Friday night. Make sure you tune in. But I'll you know give you a little preview of my opinion. I think AJ should definitely go over in that match, considering that Brock went over last year. So if you want to do a rematch, you can't have Brock beat AJ again because you're 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 squashing your WWE champion. So uh, I hope WWE does the right thing in that you know in that aspect. But um, in that respect, I should say. But WWE needs Brock Lesnar, but not as universal champion. So now you have a, a, a man who's not, I mean, not on the show regularly. He's going to be champion at least through, I would say, Royal Rumble, at least. Probably WrestleMania. So it's going to be the same deal it always was. A universal champion that is not on the show. A world title that's not on the show. It's not good for WWE. As much of a fan of Brock Lesnar as I am, I'm not a fan of his as champion. Or I would not be a fan of anyone who is champion if he wasn't on the show. It's just not conducive to good business and I think WWE is making a tremendous mistake I think it's a spit in the face slap in the face whatever you want to call it to the fan that they said they understood where we were coming from and then they do the same thing they did before I think Braun versus AJ would have been fine at Survivor Series obviously Roman Reigns probably would have won the triple threat had he not gotten sick um and that would have been AJ versus Roman Reigns at Survivor Series, which would have probably been really awesome. But due to the unfortunate unfortunate circumstances with Roman Reigns, you had to make a choice between Braun versus AJ or Brock versus AJ. And I guess Brock versus AJ is more appealing, but I hope, um, even though I don't think this will be the case, I hope WWE only has Brock as Universal Champion so he can face AJ Champion versus Tamp champion and then lose a title not long after that. But we both know, we all know that nine times out of ten, Brock is probably going to hold the title until WrestleMania again. So, you know, we just might as well deal with it. It is what it is. Um, So we have a new universal champion, Brock Lesnar. And that leads us to um, the main event Um, on paper, a tremendous main event on paper. A tremendous attraction. On paper, a must-see pay-per-view caliber match. On paper, four legends. But in reality, four guys, with all due respect to the man who I consider to be the greatest in-ring performer ever, Shawn Michaels, with all due respect to that man who was a Hall of Famer, with all due respect to Triple H, who I consider to now be the greatest mind in wrestling with all he's done in NXT, as well as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Triple H is in my top 10 ever. Um, the Undertaker, who is in my top 10 ever, future Hall of Famer. And Kane, who is, I think, a borderline Hall of Famer, but I think I'd put him in the Hall of Fame as well. And for his contributions, I think he's been tremendous in his career. He survived uh, Isaac Yankum DDS. He survived the phony Diesel and the Kane character stuck. And it's been around for 21 years. So God bless him. He was able to get it done. Um, The Brothers of Destruction versus D-Generation X. First time ever. First of all, WWE, let's stop with the 
first time ever, last time ever, whatever, 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 okay? At, oh my goodness, Super Showdown, it was Triple H versus The Undertaker for the last time ever. And that, for all intents and purposes, may be true. But when you say Triple H versus Undertaker last time ever, and then you put them in a tag match against each other a month later, it kind of loses its luster. But whatever. I guess you didn't lie. I guess it wasn't a single match, so it was last time ever. But, you know, never say never, because next year it might be the last time ever again. Because we all know that when WWE says it'll never happen again, there's a chance it will. Uh, Hence why Shawn Michaels is back in the ring right now. But we don't know how long Shawn Michaels will be back now, because whatever plan... Ladies and gentlemen, whatever plans that were in place for Degeneration X are now on hold because after a match that lasted 27 minutes and 49 seconds and for guys that are north of their late 40s and into their 50s, they all did a tremendous job. But again, guys who are in their late 40s and early 50s are not expected to put on five-star caliber matches. And a five-star caliber match. It was not. But you were just hoping that it would, for nostalgic purposes, and for charisma purposes, and for, for, for viewership, that it would be an awesome, at least visual, to see those four guys in the ring. And it was. But you also hoped that you would get through the match without any unforeseeable circumstances that could alter whatever plans Triple H may have with Batista coming up for WrestleMania 35. We all saw SmackDown 1000 and the seeds that were planted with that match, that possible match. And what happens? Triple H tears his pectoral muscle. <laughs> I, I chuckle not because I'm, I'm happy he got hurt, because I'm very sad he got hurt. I'm a Triple H fan. But I chuckle because... Gatorade break. I chuckle because Triple H goes down. DX gets a victory that will go down probably as one of the most pointless victories ever. Kane and The Undertaker lose. I can live with that, but now what is the question? You have the prospect of Shawn Michaels versus Triple H, excuse me, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 35. Does Shawn Michaels lose for the third time to The Undertaker? Does Shawn Michaels retire The Undertaker by beating him? Who knows? But staying on course and we're talking about Crown Jewel, you accomplish nothing by having DX versus the Brothers of Destruction except getting Triple H hurt which probably will derail WrestleMania plans. Uh, all four pay-per-views that I was 50-50 about, and many people were a lot more than 50-50 about being canceled. All four pay-per-view that had, I want to make sure I got my facts straight, no title changes. All four, oh no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I technically can't say no title changes because the title, the universal title was vacant and now Brock Lesnar has it. So I guess that's a technical title change, but you know what I mean. WWE, the bottom line is this. The World Cup tournament that was not really a World Cup because there were all Americans in the tournament. 
Shane McMahon, a non-wrestler, winning that tournament. The predictable outcome of Shinsuke retaining the U.S. title. The predictable outcome of The Bar retaining the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Brock Lesnar once again being a part-time champion. DX versus Brothers of Destruction about 15 years too late. And Triple H being hurt leads me to give this pay-per-view on a scale of 1 to 10 a 1. That's right, a 1. A 1 on a scale of 1 to 10, with 0 meaning that, like I said, 0 being the worst pay-per-view ever, 10 being the best pay-per-view ever. The only reason it's a 1 is because, you know, I am a big DX fan, and it was good to see DX back together, even if it was for one night once again. So... Uh, WWE, you dropped the ball on Crown Jewel in more ways than one. I'm very disappointed. I think that you guys need to take a look at yourselves and realize what you guys are doing. I think that pay-per-view is indicative of how poor the product has been as of late. You have superstars and gems like Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey and, you know, AJ Styles and, you know, stars down in NXT like Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era. You need to start using those guys. Velveteen Dream. Let's stop dropping the ball. Crown Jewel was a disgrace. I'm saying it was a disgrace of a pay-per-view. You guys can do a lot better. And speaking of doing a lot better, they did do a lot better a week prior at Evolution. Uh, WWE Evolution was one of the greatest pay-per-views I've ever seen, considering the historic value of the first ever women's pay-per-view, all women's pay-per-view. I thought the women did a tremendous job, but I thought WWE did a horrible job in the way they promoted the event. An event that took place on October 28, 2018, in Uniondale, New York, um, right here in this state where this show is recorded. Um, I thought the women did an amazing job, but because they scrunched everything so tightly, because Super Showdown was earlier in the month, and because Crown Jewel was only a week later, all this stuff got pushed together and smashed together, and they had to cross-promote Crown Jewel and Evolution together. Um, Even earlier in the month, had to cross-promote Super Showdown and Evolution together. I didn't like it. I think that they did a disservice to the ladies who did an outstanding job. A pay-per-view that I consider to be a 9 out of a possible 10. That's how good it was. The in-ring work was awesome. Becky, Charlotte, awesome. Ronda and Nikki, and everybody knows I'm not a big fan of Nikki Bella, but they did a good job in that match. I mean, superstars, upcoming young stars like the Riot Squad, uh, you know, established stars like Bailey and Sasha and, you know, Natty Nightheart, you know, Nightheart. And then you got like, you know, legends like Trish and Lita and you had, you know, Nia Jax winning the Battle Royal. But it's things like that that make me upset because it was such an amazing pay-per-view, but if they promoted it better, it would have been even better. I mean, there should have been more, you know focus on the women's battle royal for a future title shot that match should have been made to be better and more interesting it should have been more of a focus on the riot squad's rivalry with bailey sasha and uh, natalia nightheart it should have been more focus on the matches because this was wwe and women's wrestling in general women's wrestlemania that's what it was it was that important and the women did their job the women did Amazing. You know, it was a tremendous night of professional wrestling. 
it wasn't just a tremendous night in women's wrestling, even though it was historic for that reason, but it was also a great night in wrestling, period. But WWE dropped the ball when it came to promotion, and that's what I'm talking about. They need to prioritize things better. They need to focus better on what's more important. Not on DX past their prime, as much as I love Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Not on Undertaker and Kane past their prime, as much as I respect The Undertaker and Kane. Not focused on Brock Lesnar winning a title that he's not going to defend, except maybe once or twice and from now until WrestleMania, probably. Not focused on Shane McMahon, a non-wrestler, winning a battle royal or, excuse me, a tournament that he never should have been in in the first place, that he wasn't in in the first place. But focus more on people like, like I said, Becky Lynch and Charlotte and Ronda Rousey and, and, and you know, doing a better job of booking Bailey and Sasha Banks, who could have been in a tremendous rivalry with each other on Raw, but for some reason that was dropped and now all they do is hug each other. Come on, WWE. You're dropping the ball. You're focused on Crown Jewel, which was a complete dud. And you say, you say you're focused on evolution, but you barely promote it. You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Oh, it's the most important night in the history of women's wrestling. It's the female WrestleMania. It feels like WrestleMania, period. Well, why don't you promote it like it's WrestleMania? Why don't you promote it like it's important? Because now you had a pay-per-view that I rate a 9 out of 10, that many probably rate a 10 out of 10, but it wasn't as big as it could have been, even though it was huge, and even though it was a success, it could have been even more successful with the right promotion. But you're so busy focusing on Super Showdown, you're so busy focusing on Crown Jewel, and you sandwich them around Evolution, and Evolution gets lost in the shuffle. Get your crap together, WWE. Because you have promotions that are doing their women the right way as far as promotion. You've got companies like Impact that are focused on superstars like, I don't know, Tessa Blanchard, who's killing it right now, who's doing awesome right now. Get your crap together. It's time. It's time to refocus and revamp. Women's wrestling, men's wrestling, wrestling in, in general. It's time to give the people what they want, but be mindful of what you're doing because right now you guys are dropping the ball. You're focused on things that you shouldn't be. You're overlooking things that you say are important, but you don't promote it the way it's supposed to be promoted. You're giving us a Brock versus AJ rematch at Survivor Series, which probably you're going to book the wrong way even though AJ should win. Let's get it together, WWE, because for those of us who love pro wrestling, for those of us who talk on radio shows like I do and write about pro wrestling, we want what's best. And I'm not talking about that best for business crap. We want the best product possible because we deserve it because we're the ones who are putting money in your pocket. And that's why alternatives like Ring of Honor and NWA and Impact Wrestling and New Japan are creeping up on you guys. Yeah, you guys have all the money and all the resources, but you know what? The passion is elsewhere, and it's time for WWE to get it back. Okay? So with that being said, we've come to another conclusion of a great episode of the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast. I'm so happy you guys were able to listen to my opinions. Make sure you talk back to me on Twitter at hub underscore wrestling. That's two B's, H-U-B-B underscore wrestling on Twitter. Make sure you check me out and let me know your opinions on the show. Go 
and check us out. All the archived episodes, we're up to 20 episodes, y'all. Thanks to you guys for listening. 20 episodes on so many platforms. And it's so exciting to be a part of this thing, man. It's like, uh, you know, when I started this show, I didn't know it would be this big. And, and believe me, I have a lot more work to do. But with help, the help of you guys listening, that's all I need from you guys. I'm so excited. Once again, so happy to now be working with the DailySmart.com as they are now featuring the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly.com podcast. So happy to be on iTunes, Stitcher, um, my goodness, uh, Google Play. And no, and right here, as always, on the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly.com website itself. Make sure you check out Raw right now. Make sure you check out this show as much as you want on demand, anytime, anywhere, on any mobile or whatever kind of device you got, computer, whatever it may be. And make sure you come and check us out back at our normal schedule time, which is Friday nights at 8 o'clock, because this Friday, November 16th, once again, we're going to have the co host of the Ringside Revolution. Miss MJ is going to be with us as we discuss NXT War Games and Survivor Series. It's a Survivor Series week, y'all. So make sure you check us out. Make sure you check out this new show coming up. Make sure you enjoy all the episodes that are archived in the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com website and on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TheDailySmart.com. And come back and see us again soon because we got nothing but the very best in professional wrestling, independent, mainstream, Local, worldwide, whatever you want, we're going to cover it right now. Make sure you check me out. Like I said, I can't stress it enough. On Twitter and give me your insights and even possible, you know, guests that you want to see on the show or hear on the show, uh, subject matters you want to be talked about, I'm all ears. So with that being said, once again, I'm your host, your boy, your homie, Sean H. And this is the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. This has been a production of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com, home of the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly podcast. The very best in professional wrestling, both independent and mainstream. The ideas and content of this show are the exclusive property of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com. The opinions of its hosts and guests are theirs and theirs alone, as this show and website are not associated with any professional wrestling organization.